0: Hey guys, Nathan here from the Golden Homers Podcast. When I'm cooking dinner or grilling on the weekends, I wanna use what great chefs use in their steakhouses, exceptional quality meats. Meetup Vegas is my hookup, meetupvegas.com. That's M-E-A-T, meetupvegas.com. Their specialty meat packs come with veal cutlet, pork chops, and extra meaty pork baby back ribs, or prime rib. And you already know meetupvegas.com is known for its unreal steaks. All the meat is individually vacuum-sealed to maintain absolute freshness for 200-plus days in your freezer, and it's cheaper than you think. Check it out now at meetupvegas.com and use code Irish10 at checkout to receive $10 off your first order. It is
1: over, and the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. and goal for the Irish Captain timeout. Williams, right to the right side. Powers to the end zone. Look, low snap, picked it up, takes an end zone shot, and fighting. But Kimberly goes up and gets it. And it is a touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Erbach.
0: All right, welcome back to uh, another edition of the Golden Armors Podcast. It's been a while. Um, you know, me and Mason have said this several times in the past uh, when, we, when we've had a couple shorter, way shorter layoffs. But, um, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. I know I've had some work, work stuff that's kept me from doing this, and, and Mason's been kind of in the same boat as, as, and also moving to a, a completely different city. So I know things have been rough, but we are back. We've always wanted to come back. Um, even if it even if we didn't feel like it was going to be doable. Um, but here we are. We're gonna try to be with you guys here bare minimum weekly throughout the entire season with fall camp starting up again um on Friday. Um, but Mason, how you doing, man?
1: Yeah, doing really well. Um, besides the White Sox being bad. Um uh, doing good. Started up a new job, like you mentioned, uh moved to the Fishers area uh, just outside Indianapolis. So that's been a big life change, Uh, you know. Like you said, sometimes things get in the way, but a lot of good things going on. So I think we're both in a place where we can finally get back to recording regularly, bringing you guys some good content, some good recruiting content. That's what everybody seems to be liking these days. So, uh, yeah, back to doing what we want to do. So I'm I'm excited to to get back on the horse.
0: Yeah, and I think in a perfect world, we'd like to record one episode a week and then also, you know, put down put on a spaces or something like that, just because people like to do that and it helps us helps us, you know, connect with fans of the podcast, fans of Notre Dame, fans of other teams, maybe even. I remember the one time we ended up getting some, some random people on there that ended up kind of uh, that on the show and, and it turned into something kind of fun. And then, you know, it, it, like I said, helps us connect with you guys and, you know, hopefully brings new followers to the pod. So again, we'll, we're back. Hopefully we'll be back for good. Um, and if we have any layoffs, they won't be, you know, February to July or, or August. So, um, but yeah, would lo- obviously fall camp starting up on Friday, like I mentioned, um, there's been a lot of stuff since we last recorded, um, you know, Notre Dame baseball, new coach made the college or made, uh, made the college um, world series. He's already done some stuff on the, on the recruiting trail and a few um, local studs, obviously basketball, got bounced in the, I mean, we might've talked about this. I'm not sure if we were recording back then yet, but, or, or if we were still recording at the time, Um, obviously though, that Notre Dame basketball made the, made March madness um, again, for the first time in a few years, won a couple games, got bounced kind of in a depressing way against Texas tech, even though Texas tech was probably the better basketball team. Um, And then of course, obviously Notre Dame right now is ranked, you know, one or two in college football recruiting rankings and uh, hopefully getting a lot more good news this week. Um, But I think we can't really talk about recruiting, Mason, unless we bring up the news of Keon Keeley and Peyton Bowen, or at least the supposed news. There's not really any news yet outside of the guys visiting some other campuses. Um, Both guys currently are still committed to Notre Dame, at least publicly. Um, But that seems to be the news everybody wants to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're two really high-profile high, high profile guys that everybody wants, you know, this is big-boy recruiting. It's super kind of stressful when they're guys you have been following for a long time, been committed to your favorite team for a long time, and they're kind of looking elsewhere. But, you know, these things tend to happen, so especially in big-boy recruiting. So both of them kind of have – are taking one eye elsewhere. And you'd like – you'd like guys to be able to look at all their options before shutting it down. So in a way I respect that, but definitely want them, want them in blue and gold. So uh, a little bit stressful that way. Um, Hopefully we'll have some sort of resolution. And like we said in the group chat the other day, hopefully this doesn't drag out until December, you know, that early signing day where a lot of guys end up signing. So I I guess we'll we'll see. It's uh, it's, it's kind of news, but it's also kind of not, you know, there's not a lot to report other than the visits did happen. And uh, we don't know a ton more than that. So Um, Never good to see the guys that you want on your team and other teams colors, but these things happen.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it's big boy recruiting. Um, You want, you want Alabama, Ohio state, you know, Clemson, Georgia, you want those guys wanting the players that are committed to your program. Um, I I don't want to say it's minor just because Keon Keely is maybe the best player in the country, not named, you know, Arch Manning or Malachi Nelson, but um, and same obviously goes to Peyton Bowen. He's a big time safety recruit. One of the better safeties in Notre Dame has landed, you know, in the last 10, 15 years um, from a recruiting ranking standpoint. But with this staff specifically, I like to think that it's, if if these guys end up somewhere else, that it's it's going to suck in the short term. But I take some, like, I find solace in the fact that I think the staff's just going to outwork anybody in the country recruiting. They're going to win on the football field eventually, get to more college football playoff bursts, maybe win a, maybe win one of them and, and win a title as well. Um, I'm more confident than ever in saying that kind of stuff just because of who's in charge, the players are going to bring in. And if Keon Keely and Peyton Bowen aren't a part of that, then sure, it's a, it's a hiccup now. I don't want to say again, I don't want to say it's a small hiccup because it does suck. Those guys are very talented players, but I, I just don't see this staff in the future not landing more talented players um, of, of that caliber. And I, I think we're going to be okay or, or Notre Dame is going to be okay. So again, it sucks in the meantime, but I think it's going to be, we're, we're going to see a lot, more positive news around Notre Dame than negative news over the next five to ten years.
1: Yeah most definitely this happens like we said in big boy recruiting but you know nobody's going to outwork this staff and you can you can take a lot in that. You couldn't say that about the previous recruiting staffs under Brian Kelly you know the effort is always going to be there with this one and if a kid decides to go elsewhere you can't be mad at them for it. I mean it's their future you'd like to see them playing for your team but ultimately you know it's their decision so uh, it's, re- it's refreshing. It's really fun to see you know a lot of big time talent heading to South Bend. Hopefully, the biggest talent of them all, those last two, Keon Keeley and Peyton Bowen, will stick. And this is a this is
0: a really great recruiting class, which rivals anything Brian Kelly did. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we're okay to mention these guys because they have set commitment dates. Um, but Notre Dame hopefully is going to land news or positive news three days in a row, um, starting with uh, four star linebacker Jaden Osbury out of ironically enough the baton rouge louisiana area um louise lsu is involved in that recruitment but it looks like notre dame has the edge there um he i believe is announcing what is it august 4th so here in a couple days um which would be thursday and then you have um sorry sorry friday and then you have manage our, um, ben Minich, who's a safety recruit that they have, you know, offered over the last, you know, month or so out of Ohio, um, he's announcing the next day. I believe he mentioned that today, and then, um, or whenever you're listening to this, uh, we're recording today on uh, Wednesday, August 3rd. So if this comes out tomorrow, he came out with this um, on August 3rd, and then Dylan Edwards, who was recently a commit of Kansas State. Backed off that rec- backed off that commitment after getting a Notre Dame offer and visiting campus this past weekend. Um, he is announcing on uh, what was it? Would it be Saturday or Sunday? Uh, yeah, Saturday. Saturday. So yeah, it'll be fr- Friday, fr- Friday, Saturday. Um, hopefully, getting a couple of uh, three commitments. So should be fun um, or sorry, Thursday. I'm, I i can not talk Mason. It's been so long where we haven't been on the airwaves. I, I'm, I'm struggling here, but, uh, should land, hopefully land commitments on Thursday, Friday, Saturday from all these guys. And I think they're all, uh, really important recruits in their own right.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I like the, the string of guys, you know, one, two, three, like that Freeman seems to like to get guys that in an order like that, get a little bit of momentum. I like that a lot. And, uh, should catapult Notre Dame up to that number one spot again, where they belong.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just, it's more speed. Um, I've been preaching this on social media. If you guys follow me, I know Mason, you, you, you agree with a lot of this, but it seems like the staff more than ever is, is prioritizing speed in, in their recruiting classes. I mean, you already have, you know, guys committed like, um, like Micah Bell, who's one of the you know, fastest guys in the entire country you know, Braylon James is, is a really, really um, I think, and I mean, I think for potentially, I I don't know exactly what his track times are or or anything like that right now, but I think he's a guy that's going to win over the top, um, you know, at, at the college level. Um, There's obviously Dylan Edwards, who they just, who, who hopefully they land on, on Saturday. It, you know, just one fastest man at the futures 50 um, has legit four, three speed, you know, not a traditional in between the tackles running back, but, you know, can play in the slot can do a lot of things, probably kind of like a Chris Tyree. Um, and is just electric in that way. Ben Minich supposedly has run a 10, four, seven, um, in the 100 meter, which is, which is really, really fast. So, I mean, a lot of these guys are bringing in have elite speed, um, at, at the very least at the college football level. And that's something that has been a detriment to Notre Dame and, um, you know, they've won in the trenches. We, we know that they have good offensive line play, good tight end play, good defensive line play fairly consistently um, over the last, you know, decade. But what they haven't been able to do is win over the top, have explosive plays in the offense. And then we're going to get to this when we talk about some fall camp stuff. But that seems to be changing with guys. I mean, you throw a guy like Jeremiah Love in there as well that Notre Dame is hoping to land, and speed and more speed seems to be the, um, what this what this staff is really targeting.
1: Yeah, and speed kills. I mean, speed makes up for a lot of different things that you may be lacking in. So I'm excited to see, you know, this speed translate on the field and just see, you know, what this staff is made of in terms of continuing to add more and more speed and just continuing to build. And
0: then transitioning into fall camp from that, you know, you're gonna you know obviously the 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 guy that everybody wants to talk about here is Tyler Buckner. And, you know, and, and probably the wide receivers with it being sort of a limited group um, from a depth stamp a depth standpoint. Um, but there's certainly some talent there. And there is actually ironically enough some speed there as well with Braden Lindsey, Avery Davis when he returns, Tobias Merriweather coming in as a freshman, um, you know, Lorenzo Styles as a as a as a sophomore this year. Um, so I mean do you do you sort of agree with that sentiment that Tyler Buckner is sort of the t- should be the talk of camp or will be the talk of camp
1: yeah I think so I mean whenever there's a quarterback not a question mark necessarily I think you and I are both pretty sure that he's going to be the starter there shouldn't be any sort of controversy about that but anytime you're not necessarily sure what a quarterback's made of because he doesn't have a lot of starts under his belt that you know he's going to be the talk of the camp and how does he look and you know the quarterback's the most most important position in sports so And at a place like Notre Dame, it's vital. And everybody wants to know how the new guy looks. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be the talk of camp unless somebody comes out of the blue and and rises up. You know, there's always somebody that comes out of nowhere kind of and makes a huge splash. So I know you and I are both excited to see who that guy ends up
0: being. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to say it's an advantage against Ohio State. Um, I was actually just on, um, you know, the Voice of College Football yesterday with Mark Rogers, or on Monday, I should say, with Mark Rogers. And one thing I brought up was playing Ohio state week one sort of has its weaknesses, but also its strengths. You know, the, the weakness there is obviously you could go and one. I mean, that's probably really the only weakness is you could go and one. And all of a sudden you're battling for a college football playoff berth very early on. If you lose another game, you have no chance. Um, at least hypothetically speaking, advantage is the other way around. If you win that game, you have a top notch win under your belt week one, probably your hardest opponent considering it's at Ohio state versus the Clemson game being at home. And, you know, we, I think we all want to assume that um, USC is going to be much better this year, but we just don't know. It's a new staff. You brought in a lot of stuff that needs to, you know, come together as a, as a unit for them. And who knows what they're going to end up doing year one. So you beat Ohio state on the road, obviously it's the completely different scenario than if you lose, but the other, the other, interesting aspect of it is Ohio like Ohio State's a little bit more predictable than Notre Dame because they have their starting quarterback from last year returning yes they lost a couple guys at wide receiver first round talents. so there's obviously you know some significant losses there but we know that they're going to have good wide receiver play they have Jackson Smith and Jigba coming back um but you know their defense always seems to be kind of somewhat so-so and Notre Dame has had a defensive strength, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it over the last couple of years, especially in the front seven. And so like they're a little bit more of a mystery and they might be able to just sort of catch off or uh, Ohio state off guard, not from a standpoint of that Ohio state won't be ready to play, but certainly from a, they don't really know what to expect out of Notre Dame because you haven't really seen Tyler Buckner as a starter yet. We all say he's a good athlete. We know he's a good athlete. If you follow his high school film and last year at Notre Dame, you know he's a good athlete. But they didn't really do much with him to show what the offense is going to look like with him, and really only Notre Dame knows that.
1: Yeah, that's definitely exciting. A little little uh, sleight of hand, I guess, keeping things away from Ohio State. And, you know, you do have that element of surprise, which is huge. Uh, you take the, the surefire stud quarterback every day of the week, but you know I'll take anything that could be a Notre Dame's advantage. You don't know what you're going to get in Tyler Buckner, which is a, a good and a bad thing. You know, I'll take any advantage we can get at this point. I think the line's up to or down to, I guess, 15 and a half. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Vegas doesn't like Notre Dame very much. And, I, I mean, I think it should be closer than that, but time will tell.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I should have prefaced that by saying – I'm not naive enough to assume Notre Dame is going to win that game. I, I, in fact, like when I, when we make our final predictions, whenever that may be, I'm like 99% going to choose Ohio state. I think first time head coach, Ohio state is a, a proven commodity. It's at their place. I think it would be naive of me as a, as a fan of Notre Dame and an analyst of Notre Dame to pick Notre Dame to win that game. I don't think it's naive to say it's going to be closer than 15 and a half. Um, I I do think there's something to be said with it being game one. Both teams don't really know each other too well. Um, I, again, I've, I've already run down the reasons why Ohio State has doesn't really know much about Notre Dame right now, because of the a lot of the new stuff on offense and and I, I think just the new coaching staff in general. But it's hard to it's hard to pick Notre Dame in that game with a straight face.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I think it, yeah, like you said, it will be closer, but. Yeah, you can't just pick Notre Dame outright. I think uh, if they go in there and compete, that'll be enough for me. and Give yourself a chance to win. And, you know, if they win, I'll be on top of the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's exactly how I felt against Clemson when they beat him in 2020. Was not expecting them to win the game. Obviously, as a fan, you're always hopeful. But I couldn't have been more elated after the game was over when they, when, 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 they, when they finally beat that or got over the hump against, you know, that college football playoff caliber team. And uh, yeah, I know we know what happened later in the year. They lost to him, you know, in the ACC championship game, and then you know went on to lose to to Alabama in in the first college football playoff um, game. But it was still something that hadn't been shown, at least in the last you know decade or so. And so it was fun to see. And so hopefully you get it again. Um, I have a feeling that Notre Dame is going to win some more bigger some more big games um, under Marcus Freeman. So it should be fun yeah
1: when you're bringing in better talent and then you know there's just a new regime a new energy around Notre Dame and hopefully more of a uh not such a conservative approach to big games I think you're it's inevitable Notre Dame is gonna win a couple more big ones
0: yeah, yeah absolutely what else what else do you think is kind of at least from a training camp standpoint um or, or moving into fall camp you know obviously Buckner's gonna be the talk um what, what other storylines do you kind of see arising um starting on Friday um up until game one yeah,
1: I'm really looking into the cornerback position. What are we going to find with the corners? I'm a big fan of Cam Hart. I'm excited to see him take off this season. We've been hearing good things about how Tariq Bracey looks so far. I'm excited to see that translate into camp and in, into week one. But the other cornerback position is really intriguing to me. Where do you where do you go there? Clarence Lewis got beat up against Oklahoma State, but you know that you don't want to crucify him for one bad performance. Overall, he's been all right for Notre Dame. So where do you go from there? Does Jade Mickey get in the fold at all? Do you move Tariq Bracey out and move Jade Mickey into that nickel or slot corner? So there are a lot of things to be figured out. Your back end looks pretty nice uh, with Brandon Joseph coming in from Northwestern. So I'm excited about that. You know, there's a big hole left with Kyle but you replace an all-american with an all-american so i'm looking at the at that part of the defensive side of the ball and then i'm really excited to see the receivers make some noise as well uh, i think that's going to go hand in hand with buckner succeeding hopefully in camp
0: yeah yeah and i think with the wide receivers stay healthy there's not much of an issue there but the, the biggest thing with them is the depth um you see it every year and i think when you bring up the cornerback position specifically it's a good transition topic you see every year where there's some surprises um, We you know, you had Kyron Williams a couple of years ago, you know, was sort of the surprise of camp, ended up being the starter. No one really expected that after his uh, freshman season at Notre Dame. You know, you've had guys like J.D. Bertrand last year led Notre Dame in tackles after Maris Leifau got hurt. If you would have told me that around this time last year, I, I would have called you an idiot. You know, obviously guys like Tavon Coney, Asmar Belial, surprised. Even though they were coveted recruits, they didn't really do much their first couple of years on campus sometimes even had the head or the the defensive coach call them out in the spring. And then they play, they perform and they play really well. So corner specifically, I think, you know, maybe you see a breakout there. Maybe you see a guy like last year where Ryan Barnes and Phillip Riley came in as coveted guys. They didn't really do much. Maybe one of them surprises and, and plays and plays decent. Um, You know, obviously Clarence Lewis is a good example of that as a freshman. He was one of the lower ranked kids in that class and as a freshman came in and played fairly well. Again, like you said, against some better opponents, he's been, he's had some, some rough times, some rough film, but I still think that there's a talented college football player there. And if you can get solid play as we both expect out of Cam Hart and you can lock down the nickel position, which I think specifically against Ohio State is really important with Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of manning that spot. If Tyreek Bracey and Jaden Mickey can can kind of limit the damage there, I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off a guy like Clarence Lewis to do well on the outside. Um, But, you know, there's obviously some other spots where guys can can surprise, you know, maybe you have another freshman like a Joshua Burnham who can help Isaiah Foskey. Um, you know, limit his minutes a little bit instead of having to be on the field every single play. Maybe a guy like Burnham or Aiden Gobira as the season goes on can, can give them some minutes. Maybe high school buckus award winner, Prince Collie can have some success at linebacker, maybe not as in a starting role, but you know, provide some good, some good snaps there and and give Jack Kaiser and Leah Fowl coming off injury and JD Bertram, Bo Bauer. Maybe he can give them some 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 time on the bench just to recoup. But Um, And then you got to look at a guy like Tobias Merriweather coming in as a freshman. He's probably the most likely freshman, I think, based on some of the stuff we're hearing right now to to provide an impact. And I think that there's, you know, we see it every year. There's going to be some sort of surprise guy that ends up having a really, really nice season. And all of a sudden next year, we're talking about him as a cornerstone player um, for Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, it'd be huge if it was Tobias Merriweather. I think that's almost more likely than it is not that he makes a splash at camp. Partially because of the depth chart issues, and partially because I think he's legit. So yeah. that would be that would make me really happy if uh, if there was a splash from Tobias Merriweather here coming up the next couple of
0: weeks. Yeah, and would, would it be even it would be even better if it was both Tobias Merriweather and a guy like Eli Raridon, where also you know, possible. in the red zone. I mean, I, I think Notre Dame is going to be a pretty good red zone team anyway, simply because of the threat of Tyler Buckner running the football um, and, and a really pot and a really good offensive line. Um, and then obviously, of course, you have a guy like Michael Mayer, who is gonna is the best tight end in the country, <laughs> or at least right up there with Brock Bowers, but a year older. And but imagine a imagine for a second a red zone where you have, you know, like a guy like Audric Estime lined up that can just bulldoze those people. And then on the outside, you have, you know, Michael Mayer at tight end, maybe Eli Raritan lined up at t- um at tight end or, or outside. Tobias Merriweather, who's a big dude. And then, you know, maybe you have that slot option, like an Avery Davis or Lorenzo Styles, but it would be awesome if Deion Colsey could also be a threat in the red zone. And all of a sudden you have like four dudes, five dudes lined up that no one should be able to grab the football over. That's something that kind of excites me, the red zone offense. Um, and I think Notre Dame is going to be really successful um, doing that this year.
1: I hope so. And you mentioned Deion Colsey. I hadn't really thought about him. Uh, you know, I would make me really excited for this receiving core. If, one or both of Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas made some sort of splash, made some sort of noise. Um, we've heard better things about Thomas than Colsey. I think there's big expectations on Colsey's shoulders to make a jump, and he hasn't necessarily done it yet. But you know, you, I, want, I want to give him a fair shake. You don't write him off after his freshman year. So I think this year is really important for him in terms of development, and getting better. I think Stucky's going to be able to instill some confidence in him and get him to a level where he can be – an impact contributor for Notre Dame they're going to need him to be
0: yeah yeah and if, and if he has a good season or both him and Jaden Thomas or at least one of them has a good season all of a sudden next year's wide receiver core looks so much better um you know at least going into it with a guy like Lorenzo Stiles is going to be going into his junior year we already know he's really good or and going to be really good this year we you know we've heard the stuff about Tobias Merriweather like mentioned if one of those guys steps up or two of those guys step up and and can at least show that they're capable of something. And then next year you bring in the talented class that they have. And even though you lose a guy like Michael Mayer, you hope that an Eli Raritan and I don't think most people are concerned about tight end at Notre Dame, having a, having a player there, but you know, then you bring in that class next, next year, you know, it, it could be a really dynamic offense if a couple of these guys step up and Tyler Buckner looks like the player that we all think he can be.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. You mentioned the incoming class as well. A lot of playmakers in that one. So we're seeing what the future of Notre Dame football and Notre Dame offense is going to look like. And I got to say, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to end with this. I know we're going to get into a lot more stuff now that we're back on, back on air here and we're going to bring some stuff to you guys every week, but. Do you, do you sort, do you have some early predictions for camp, not necessarily standouts or who, like, you're not, or not necessarily who we're going to be talking about, because I think we understand that that's going to be Buckner in the offense specifically, but do you have any just like favorite storylines or maybe like your prediction for, for a breakout for fall camp?
1: I think that you know people expect the defensive line to be great as it usually is at Notre Dame but I'm expecting it to be like so good that it's like almost shocking um I think there's so much talent there so much young talent specifically mixed in with uh Foskey I think Riley Mills is going to take a huge step up that you know there's room for somebody that's younger to take a step up at Joshua Burner or Aiden Gobier if he can put on the weight he needs to so I think that's going to be you know, it's a strength, but I think it could be a, a re, like the strength of the entire team um, heading out of camp. So I'm excited to see the reports on the defensive line.
0: Gotcha. Got, yeah, I think I, I'm going to cheat. I think I have two for you. Um, I think the first one is going to be Maris Leifau. Um, You know, he got injured last year. We all know how talented he is as a linebacker. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to go be a first round pick next year or or even leave Notre Dame after one season of, of strong play, but I just think he's going to be a really dynamic weapon for them. Um and then, you know, maybe you throw in a guy like Jordan Batello moving moving positions. I really, really think the linebacker spot for Notre Dame is going to be talked about a lot. Um, and because it's going to be really good, because you have the you have the steady guys like JD Bertrand. And you know Bo Bauer and maybe Jack Kaiser to a lesser extent, and when I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think there's like an upside to Jack Kaiser that the other two don't have um, that could maybe prove with the Collies and the Botellos and the Maris Leopards. But I but I just think there's a an athletics a athleticism and confidence. And just talent level overall for the linebackers, that can be really, really exciting against against good opponents. That's only going to help the front seven even more. And then I think the other thing is, and we saw this last year at the beginning of camp before Blake Fisher got hurt against Florida State. I just think that that specifically at the tackle positions, they're just going to be an absolute force. I, I just don't see a lot of teams touching Buckner And I think that's going to be huge for him as a first year player. I mean, I think Blake Fisher and Joe Alt at the tackle spots are are just going to be really, really, really good. And we're going to hear a lot about that at camp and maybe even going to your point about the defensive line. We might even hear some reports about the defensive line struggling like we did last year with Isaiah Foskey in camp until he ended up having a really good year. And I think it's going to be more of a testament to the offensive line play versus the defensive line play, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I like that. It's a good call. And so I'm now I'm thinking about, you know, not Buckner not being touched too much. Do you worry? I guess it's too early to get really worried about it. We haven't seen enough of Buckner, but from what I've seen in his game, I'm a little bit worried that he's not gonna sit in the pocket and give himself enough time with how good the tackles are and will be in the offensive line. I'm worried about him getting happy feet and his first instinct is to take off kind of Ian Book esque until he fixed it a little bit.
0: Well, my hope is, is that the offense is going to be designed around not having him in the pocket too much, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to go, obviously go to his strengths where he can move outside the pocket, not think so much, throw the football on the run, which I think he showed he was very good at doing last year. and. Honestly, like as a Bears fan, I hate to get into the NFL talk, but as a Bears fan, it's exactly what I want to see the Bears do with Justin Fields this year. Um, and, and I hope that the, the Notre Dame offense is tailored around Buckner enough to where you don't have to worry about him standing in the pocket, getting getting, you know, happy feet, throwing interceptions, stuff like that. Now, I do think there's going to be some interceptions simply because. You're going to risk some more stuff. He's If he gets sacked, he might fumble the ball a little bit because he's trying to do too much at times. And I think with a dynamic athlete that can also chuck the ball up 70 yards in the air, you're going to see some of that happen. But I, I hope that the offense isn't going to just have him be this drop, drop back passer when I don't think he is a, just a traditional drop back passer.
1: Right. That's fair. I like that. Uh, I'm just excited to see him going out there and doing his thing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we're all excited. We, I remember we used to make the joke about Buckner 2021 or whatever, Mm -hmm. and uh, it ended up sort of happening to an extent. I don't think any of us expect. I think you were at the game last year when he came in, when Cone got hurt or whatever, or when they just kind of brought him in because the offense was stagnant. I forget exactly what it was.
1: Toledo. (laughs) Yeah, I remember watching him run out and I was in the other end zone, the end zone, they were attacking, but they were on like the other 30. And I was like, that's not Cone running out. And I didn't know who it was because I hadn't seen Buckner on the field yet. Yeah. And I looked at his number, like it came up on the Jumbotron. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Tyler Buckner. You know, he takes off. And you've seen him run down the sideline, that extra jolt of energy, which you shouldn't need against the MAC team. But they needed it that day, and he
0: provided it. Right, right, exactly. And and honestly, he has to live down to the TB12 title. Yeah, that's fair. The, the big TB12 that most people know is, you know, maybe the GOAT and one uh, certainly one of the best players in NFL history and obviously talking about Tom Brady there. But, um, you know, he needs to live down to the, the TB12 nickname.
1: Yeah, I th- I'll take our TB12 over the
0: Tom Brady. Uh, well, the one Tom Brady, the other, the other TB12 went to Michigan, so that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys, uh, like I said, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. We wanted to keep this one a little short today. Um, also with the new Zoom meeting rules, you, you don't have much time. So a lot of our podcasts these days are going to be within in that 30 to 40, 40 minute range, which I think is going to actually, you know, be good for us because sometimes we can get on some tangents. But um, again, thanks for, thanks for sticking up with us. Like I said, things just kind of get in the way sometimes, but we are happy to be back after a couple month hiatus. And uh, we will be bringing you guys um, Notre Dame coverage here at Golden Homer's through our spaces, on our Twitter accounts. Uh, Mason, go ahead and tell people where they can find you real quick.
1: Yeah, at masonplumber underscore, we always make sure to put out a couple tweets, you know, when we're dropping episodes, when we have guests on, when we're expecting to record, when we are planning on doing a spaces. So keep you guys updated on that. So yeah, be be sure to follow both of us. We got a lot of exciting content coming up. I believe Nathan tweeted out a potential giveaway coming up soon. So uh, we got a lot of special content coming up for you guys. Again, thanks for sticking with us. We both had some life crap going on recently, but sorted out, we're both in good spots to really bring the best content we can now. So we're excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want to, the, the news of that is that we're both going to be in town for the Notre Dame BYU game in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And we want to do maybe like a live episode, not necessarily with fans there per se, but just like we'll be together recording a live episode. If anybody's at the game, I'm probably going to be hosting a tailgate. We can call it the official Golden Homer's tailgate if need be, um, and we can do some sort of giveaway, um, h- however we choose to do it. So, hopefully, hopefully we'll have something for you there. And if you guys want to stop by? We'll we'll certainly give that info when, when the time comes. But again, guys, thanks for thanks for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon.
1: The Golden Homer's are brought to you by Generations Barbershop, a Notre Dame themed barbershop that has been keeping Irish fans looking good since 1930. Brent and Gill are located on Lincoln Way East in Mishawaka, Indiana. Open 8 to 5 and by appointment, call or text Brent at 574-250-0622. That's 574-250-0622.